If you didn't think it was a guarantee already, it is now. Penn State's dancing for the first time since 2011. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Adam. I'm going to do everything in threes here because Penn State beat Illinois not once, not <laughs> twice, but three times. We're partying like it's 2018 where Penn State did this exact same thing against Ohio State. Adam, it is great to chat with you, especially after this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels great. You know, even going into this game, I was feeling really good only because everything around the country was going Penn State's way to Oklahoma State lost, North Carolina loses, Fantastic. Nevada loses. I mean, all the bubble teams were falling in Penn State's favor. And then, of course, Penn State just punching their ticket by getting the win. So, you know, it's just a great day to be a Penn State fan on that Penn State team and being ready as it looks like they are going to be dancing for the first time since 2011. Yeah, this is quad one victory, uh, mm -hmm. Illinois in the net top 50 neutral site, even though honestly, I would count this as an away game based on the way that it was, uh, it's, it's in Chicago, mm -hmm. the Illinois fans are obvious. It's a hop, skip and a jump to the arena for them. Uh, but you could hear the booze, the jeers throughout the night. It was uh, totally dominant on one side, but Penn state, uh, showing that they still can continue. I know it was a three-point game, but I still feel like Penn State, had they made their free throws, would have been up by double digits at the end of the day. But let's start with this, Adam. So we know that they're officially guaranteed in the tournament. I, I Unless you think otherwise, that they need a win over North, uh, Northwestern, but I think the committee is going to put them in, and I think they'll even take them out of that play-in game and put them as a legitimate seed. Yeah, I mean, I think they deserve to be in the field of 64. I think they should skip over the Dayton games to have to play into this thing. Um, I, I think they're in. I think it, at worst, I think they're in those play-in games. I think they, they're comfortably in because, as yeah. I said, the teams they needed to lose lost. Wisconsin lost yesterday. Michigan lost today. You had Nevada, Oklahoma State, North Carolina also losing. Pitt lost really bad to Duke today, which might affect seeding, which may allow Penn I State to so jump. I feel so bad. I know. I mean, it's so sad to watch Pitt lose by 30 to Duke. Uh, but, I mean, that could affect seeding. You know, Penn State might be able mm -hmm. to jump them with the win over Illinois, a better win than what Pitt had over Boston College yesterday. Um, so, you know, this is a very confident Penn State team. They got to feel good uh, going into this one. To correct myself, Pitt beat Georgia Tech yesterday. Boston mm -hmm. College lost to North Carolina. Uh, but yeah. uh, Penn, Penn State's got to feel good. They've got to be in this field, and they got to play comfortable. You know, they have another chance to get another big win over Northwestern tomorrow, which will be another – kind of road game Northwestern right there in Chicago. They call themselves Chicago's big 10 team. They're going to have a great crowd there for their game as the two seed, the highest seed they've been in the big 10 tournament. So it should be a very eventful game tomorrow as well, but Penn state enjoying this one and they should be comfortably in the NCAA tournament. There's a live locked on Nittany line. So we really appreciate your comments. Come join the conversation by uh, typing any questions or what you think about tonight's win. Again, 79 to 76 over Illinois. I, I got nervous because they couldn't put them away. Uh, missing too many free throws, too mm -hmm. many people slipping into both teams, both teams, right? Slipping and sliding everywhere. It was a good old fashioned uh, Fisher price slip and slide out there in Chicago. Uh, and then, 
the refereeing was just bad. So, Adam, I'll, I'll pass the reins there to you. Out of those three things, which one was the most concerning? I think the most concerning was the free throws because this is a Penn State team that's been very good at the foul line, but it's kind of wavered in that spot a couple times this year, especially as of late as they've got down the season. You know, it seemed like they've just been a little inconsistent at the line. They're a team that doesn't get there a lot, so I don't know. I mean, obviously they practice them, but they just don't have a lot of in-game reps at the foul line, so when they get there, especially in these end-of-game situations, it's going to be interesting, and they struggled. I think the officiating is obviously something Penn State can't control. You know, a lot of whistles didn't go their way for a long period period of time there in that game against Illinois today. So obviously that's something Penn State's hopefully going to have change. That's out of their control. In the slipping, I think that's just a court that's had a lot of games played on it today, had two today, two yesterday. It's going to have one more tonight than two more tomorrow before Penn State and Northwestern play. So maybe just the, they'll make sure they get that court situated, maybe clean it off before they go to the night session again tomorrow. Maybe that's why it was slippy. I don't know what they used to clean it, but it could have had something to do with that as well. Uh, but, you know, just trying to figure that out. But Penn State, I think free throws is the one thing Penn State can control and that's something that didn't go their way so I think that's something they're going to really focus on and try to make sure they have better tomorrow when they're going to be the more tired team against a Northwestern team who will be playing their first game it is lucked on Nittany Lions we're going to continue to recap this one Penn State beating Illinois for a third time this season it feels sweet sweet victory it feels so good uh, and they're going to take on Northwestern tomorrow so that's also going to be a part of this live show we're going to get to preview the Nittany Lions and the Wildcats cat fight part two but first let's hear from our sponsor of today's show and that is FanDuel Sportsbook FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now it is the midway point of the NBA season. Playoffs are fast approaching, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets, point spread, money line total, player props like points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the two by three, two three pointers in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat. First bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel and official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball because madness is here. <laughs> it is March Madness officially. Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So close to 900 on YouTube for Locked On Nittany Lines. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a comment. It's the live show. We want you in on the conversation as well. But if you think of something post-show or anything you want to chat about, leave it in the comments anyway. We're always happy to hear from you. He's Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. Final thought about this game, Adam, because I do want to talk about, because it's the bigger picture, right? This, mm-hmm. this win matters only because it now cements Penn State in the NCAA tournament. And I want to talk about some, some matchups, who ideally you think they'd want to play. Is there a chance that if they continue to win, could they be a 10, a 9, even an 8 seed? But uh, your final reaction, seeing Penn State beat Illinois for a third time, a team that honestly, Illinois should, the way they match up, Illinois should be dominating them. Yeah, I mean, Illinois, just looking at the matchups, they, you know, they have the size, they can dominate inside. They did that for stretches of 
the game today against Penn State. Um, and it's weird. They just haven't been able to figure out Penn State. It's been defensive problems for the mm-hmm. Illini. Andrew Funk was the guy again for the second time this season against them. Seth yeah. Lundy got it going. Cam Winter finally played a good game against Illinois. He had struggled against the Illini in the first two matchups. Jalen Pickett, you know, he didn't do a lot offensively. He only had 12 points with the eight rebounds and eight assists just creating for his teammates. And Penn State's ability to play small is really messed with this Illini team that I think has the potential when they play to their caliber of play with the talent they have they can beat a lot of teams in the country they're a team you might want to watch out for to, could make a run if they play the way they're capable of the problem is they're very inconsistent so they got to figure that out before they get in the NCAA tournament but as you said big picture this is the first win Penn State we think is probably going to be getting out of that playing game probably sitting at an 11 playing in the field of 64 and I think if they beat Northwestern and they get to Indiana there's a chance you know maybe you creep up towards that 10 line and then if you beat Indiana you might be firmly on that 10 line something similar to the 2011 team we talked about they made a run to the Big Ten championship game ended up losing to Ohio State in the championship mm-hmm. game they ended up fielding in at the 10 seed as well so this is that's a path this Penn State team could take and we said we've mentioned that when we were previewing the entire Big Ten tournament it's a favorable slate for the Nittany Lions playing oh, yeah. Northwestern and then you know maybe getting Indiana Maryland or Minnesota depending on what team comes out there um, so you know it's gonna be very interesting to see how Penn State can do everything's still on the table and now it looks like Penn State's on the side of their playing for seeding instead of playing for their tournament lives oh man wouldn't it be nice to get Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it'd be it, it'd be a really favorable route for, mm-hmm. for Penn State so I agree with you on the free throws when you're shooting 60 percent after the broadcast crew kept saying oh well he's upper 70s he's in the 80s and it's like man it just, I, I feel I wanted to take a poll. Who thinks they can make more free throws than Penn State here tonight uh, and Illinois? Because neither of them uh, could make mm-hmm. the freebies. Penn State uh, out rebounded Illinois. I was no, I know it was only by two, but the second chance opportunities for Illinois, they they were there in the beginning, but Penn State, uh, Penn State, fixed that. They cleaned that up, uh, and they just they just didn't. I Illinois has the height advantage, but I don't want to say the size advantage because. You look at a guy like Hawkins, who's much taller than Jalen Pickett, and Jalen Pickett, I I thought held him in his own. And Miles Dread, great defense again offensively. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish he would come around, um, but he he's been really playing well when they've asked him to do one of the toughest tasks and tasks, and he's stood in there like a tank. Honestly, Miles Dread, he's six foot four, and he's taken on a danger that looks like he could play defensive tackle in the NFL. And, I, and I'm just very impressed that Dread barely moved a half of a centimeter, took that elbow or shoulder or whatever to the chin with dangerous celebration, and uh, incidental or not, whatever. Uh, Miles Dread, it, it gets kind of like the toughest. He's the toughest player on the team right now. I know Jalen Pickett, uh, it, and he goes through every single bit of contact without getting a foul. But that's what stood out to me about Penn State is the fact that this defense, even though they are undersized in terms of height, Pickett doesn't move. And neither does dread when these guys are are bigger and more skilled at the position. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing. This is a very physical Penn State team. Credit to Greg Miskinis, who's done a great job in the performance yeah. training side. He's been doing this for a very long time, helped build John Hara into the size he was. He's really helped build Miles Dredd, who came in. You know, he was a wing and a guard when he came into Penn State. Now he's forced to play the five as a stretch big guy for Penn State, you know, just filling into that role. And he's been really good this year. He's been doing that all season defensively, and he really showed that today, just bodying up a guy like Dane Dander, who said is big. I mean, he would be nearly out out of the weight for heavyweight you know he's almost 
too big to be a heavyweight in wrestling uh, over yeah. 285. So, I mean, he's a big guy, and Miles Dredd was able to hold right. his own, make it really hard on him, and make it tough for him to make those post-hook shots for the Illini. And that's going to be huge for Penn State. When they're undersized, they're very physical. I think a lot of teams forget that, how strong these Penn State players are, and even the lack of height. They can really bang with those guys down low and make it really hard for big guys to be successful. And that's the big thing Penn State's going to have to continue if they want to make a run throughout the rest of the Big Ten tournament and in the NCAA tournament. And that's when I say, I, I want to clarify my point in the fact when I say they're not as skilled in terms mm-hmm. of defensively, they can play man-to-man defense, but you were asking Jalen Pickett, who's traditionally a one or a two, who's been down the stretch playing more of a three or a four. And then you have Miles Dredd when you're asking him outright and Evan Mahaffey at that as well, even though he didn't play, I don't think he recorded a minute. No, he tonight. did not play today. Besides, besides the point, they've been asking them to play the five. Mm-hmm. and they're holding their own, and honestly, they're winning battles. So that that has been, honestly, the difference and the emergence of Cam Winter. Cam Winter being that fourth option and honestly moving up the rankings from time to time when Andrew Funk's having an off night, Seth Lundy is, he he becomes that second or third option. Yeah, I mean, he, he becomes that second or third option. I think he's extremely valuable because he takes the ball out of Jalen Pickett's hands and lets him take a breather sometimes yeah. offensively for all the minutes he plays. Cam Winter can take the offense, run it, you know, get those ball screens, get downhill, find his mid-range jump shot, get to the rim, and he shot the ball really well from behind the arc. Only attempted one today, missed it, so he's 0 for 1. But, you know, he's a guy who can stretch the floor, do anything he wants offensively to score the basketball, and he adds that other element. You know, you have Andrew Funk, the catch-and-shoot guy, Seth Lundy, a guy who can create his own shot, play tough defense, make tough threes when you need them, and Jalen Pickett, who's going to go into that mid-post and really punish you inside. Then you have Cam Winter, who's just completely different. of four guys that are so dangerous offensively and do it in so many different ways that just make it really hard for teams to defend this Penn State team. And that's why Cam Winter's emergence over the last six games has been so huge for this team and then hopefully keeping Penn State in that momentum rolling as they play Northwestern tomorrow. To go through the stats, Penn State went eight deep, which is you find out really who Micah Shrewsbury trusts down the stretch here, and they still went eight deep. Now, I know some guys got not as many minutes, but uh, looking at Andrew Funk, led all scoring 20 points, uh, and then behind him, Cam Winter with 18. Gosh, I remember the early days when he had two or four points or Mm -hmm. sometimes zero, and now he's scoring uh, almost 20. Jalen Pickett had 12, but he had eight rebounds and eight assists, so nearly a triple-double in a playoff type of game. And then Seth Lundy with a double-double, 17 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, So, again, this win, very pivotal to getting them in the NCAA tournament. I think that, okay, if I'm projecting them to get a win over Northwestern here tomorrow, and we're going to preview that in our final segment, Adam. So I I think maybe now with a win against Northwestern, do they have a chance at a 10 seed just real quick? I think they do because I think Northwestern's okay. a quality team that a lot of people have a lot of respect for. So I think if you beat Northwestern, it's going to be a huge win. It'd be compounding back-to-back wins. You'd look at just – they say they don't look at how teams are playing recently, but Penn State would have won seven of eight. They're really hot, and they're going to have a good game against – Probably Indiana. I mean, if we're projecting who they play in the semifinal, it would be right. Indiana. Um, so, you know, then there's another opportunity for a win. But I think if they beat Northwestern, they'll safely be on the high 11 side and maybe creeping up towards a 10, depending on what teams ahead of them do. I think with this one, they're definitely out of the play-in game. Mm-hmm. I think that they are firm. They're going to be seated, and then they don't have to be in 68. They're going to be in the 64. Uh, so quickly, with that being said, because we do have to preview Northwestern, the Big Ten tournament's not over for Penn State, even though something major has been accomplished here with the 79-76 to win over Illinois. 
what kind of teams does Penn State not want to face? Because ironically enough, Adam, the teams that I thought Penn State would struggle with, the types of teams, these big bodied, you know, they're just going to get bullied in the paint, the height advantage. Now, Purdue's different because Purdue's a more complete team. But when it comes to Michigan, Illinois three times, Penn State seems to play those teams very well when they happen to go 6-4 or shorter. So do they want more teams that are like that? Here's the thing, though, with the NCAA tournament field. This is specific to the Big Ten. And Penn State's not going to be positioned around a lot of like-minded te- like teams, like-sized teams in the Big Ten. Penn State's kind of the outsider in the Big Ten because they don't they don't play as big. So do they want teams that are like this, you know, like a Dayton, for example? Maybe they get Dayton as a, a six seed versus an 11, if that's possible. Uh, so my question is, do they want to play more teams like Illinois, like Michigan, like a Dayton that would be an ideal matchup or do they want teams that are honestly more like them, this fast, fast team speed, three point shooting kind of club. I think it's going to be tough no matter who they play. I think Penn State's going to have to play well. I think, you know, Coach Roosevelt is really good at game planning. So I think, you know, we saw Penn State, we've seen them have success. So obviously, I mean, if it'd be possible, I mean, it's not possible. But hey, you know, if the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee wants to put Illinois against Penn State again, and let's see it again, I'm sure Penn State would love to see that. Uh, But, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. But, you know. So I think Penn State would probably like to see a team that's a little closer to them, you know, not that size, because that gives them an even playing field on not having to worry about helping right. down against some of these great big guys, allows them to play their game, play straight up man to man, and, you know, play man for man and feel like they have a chance just because maybe they have the best player on the floor in Jalen Pickett. So I think if we had to lean away, it'd probably be towards a team very similar to them with more guards, like to spread it out a five out offense compared to a team that's going to put a couple posts in there, like a Gonzaga and go to really pound inside and look to score inside with their big guys. I mean, this is most recently from Joe Lenardi. So this is going to be outdated in about a couple of hours here, Adam, <laughs> just based on when we're talking, but uh, Creighton's projected as a six seed mm-hmm. San Diego state, uh, St. Mary's and Kentucky. I would love Penn state to play St. Mary's. I think they would absolutely wipe the floor with them. Uh, St. Mary's does not like the full court press. You, if you watch the BYU game and the Gonzaga game, that, they have no answer for it. Uh, a Kentucky does concern me. Uh, a San Diego State, I have not watched them, so I'm not fit to comment. But then there's Creighton. Creighton's kind of that all-around complete team that I think they're a little underrated as a six seed. So if, if those are the teams that are projected right now, I say no to Kentucky and no to Creighton. Those are not ideal matchups. Yeah, definitely no Kentucky. I think Oscar Shibwe would be a matchup nightmare for this Penn State team. Yeah. And then you add in all the great guards Kentucky has in the wings, you know, just talent-wise. I mean, it's Kentucky. Coach Calipari's got a talented squad down there, so they'd be a really tough matchup for Penn State. I think, you know, obviously Creighton's another scary matchup as well because of the all-around aspect they have right. as well. St. Mary's would be an interesting matchup. I'd like Penn State, as you said. They do some things very differently. The play they play in the West Coast Conference, the style is a little different than some something Penn State sees, so maybe a little bit of an adjustment there. But same for St. Mary's would have to adjust to the way Penn State plays as well. Um, So I think it's going to be very interesting. Penn State's a team where if they hit their shots, they could beat anybody in this field. I mean, if they're not, they're going to have to really fight and find a way to win. So I think, you know, as you said, Kentucky and Creighton would be really tough matchups for Penn State if they get St. Mary's on that sixth line, maybe a little more favorable for this team. That's the hope there. It's kind of playing the matchups. But Penn State, I think, is in fact built for – 
to make a couple depending on the matchup. Mm-hmm. But if they get that ideal team in the first and the second round, I think they could honestly make it out of, excuse me, out of the round of 32. I, I re- just because of the way that they're built, the, the big 10, the, and I won't latch onto this for too long will not do well in the NCAA tournament because of the way the game, and I'm stealing this from Steve Jones, who covers Penn State men's basketball Mm -hmm. and does play-by-play for them for a living. He sees it firsthand. Big 10 teams are not set up to do well in the NCAA tournament. It's the teams that are like Alabama. There are three types of shots. There are three offensive plays are to get you a layup, a free throw, or a three-pointer. All high percentage shots and the Big Ten, well, you know, we'll, we'll mid-range jumpers, we'll, we'll try to body you and, and box out and be really physical and the first team to 60 wins. That doesn't fly. Penn State has the speed to keep up with those kind of teams that you're going to face. So because I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't think Purdue makes it very far in the tournament, but that that's just me. Yeah, I mean. Purdue's going to be very interesting. I mean, if they find their way on the one line, maybe they have a chance to get to the Sweet 16 and they'd be competing in those games. Purdue's a team that does play a little differently. They go inside to E. They're not a team that runs pick and rolls and go inside. They're going to look to post ED up, and then the rest of the guys are really set up to shoot threes, but they do things differently. I think Matt Painter's learned a lot from being in the NCAA tournament. But as you said, I think, you know, Steve makes great points when he's heard that. I've heard him talk about it as well. Uh, with the way, you know, Penn, the Big Ten is very different than modern college basketball. They do not play that way there's a lot of other conferences mm-hmm. that went the nba way that's what coach shrewsbury brought from boston the boston celtics bringing that down you know the small ball shooting threes getting to the rim that's kind of the way penn state plays um, so penn state's very similar to the rest of the country they're kind of the outlier in the big 10 a exactly. lot of the big 10 play the same way you know they're looking to do the same thing so i think that's what would favor penn state just the modernization of their game and as you said some of the big 10 teams could really struggle by not adjusting to the way the game's supposed to be played couldn't have said it better adam that's why we bring you on as the insider it is locked on nittany lions final segment let's preview northwestern part two another cat fight here nittany lions and wildcats play tomorrow at roughly 6 30 tip off time and uh the Nittany Lions beat them 68 to 65 in overtime, and that was at Northwestern. So this is going to be another road game or a road type of atmosphere, go figure. And I, I like Penn State to beat Northwestern. And I'm going to go back to Northwestern. It, Penn State can play a little more loose this time, there, but there's not going to be that complacency because I think Penn State still has something to prove. Not everyone, again, not everyone has bought in that they're a lock to make the NCAA tournament. Some people believe that they still needed two, maybe even three wins at the end of the regular season. Uh, and so Maryland and then this game against Illinois and then now Northwestern uh, and, and maybe even another against Indiana. Just not everyone sold on Penn State, whereas Northwestern, the conversation is, oh, yeah, they're in. It's just a matter of, are they a five seed? Are they a six seed? Are they a seven seed? And I think that complacency once again, now there is the revenge factor. You know, this team's going to take it personal. Those seniors lost on senior night, final home game in Evanston. But I just like now that there's this weight lifted off of Penn State's shoulders that I think they're going to play even better against Northwestern, at least definitely get a faster start, which will help them win in the end. It's not going to take overtime and some miraculous shot by Cam Winter. 
Yeah, I think you know, there's going to be a Penn State team that comes out firing because if you look at it, Northwestern, they've been off for a while now. You know, Penn State obviously yep. played yesterday. It's going to be the rest versus rust factor because Northwestern, you usually don't see a team play Sunday and then not play again till Friday. That's not what happens usually in scheduling. That's what Northwestern's dealing with right now by playing Rutgers on Sunday and then getting their first Big Ten tournament game after the double bye on Friday. Uh, this is an interesting spot for Penn State. They were in it last year, a little bit different. They were in it, they played on Wednesday, Thursday last year. And we're able to knock off Ohio State on that Thursday last season. So Coach Shrewsbury has that, you know, experience getting his team ready to play the day after against a team that hadn't played yet. Um, I think Northwestern's in uncharted waters for them. Not never had the by never been in that two spots we'll see how they handle that the pressure of being the two seed in chicago in the big 10 tournament and you said there's gonna be a penn state team that comes out very motivated northwestern's gonna be motivated as well taylor battles on that staff you know penn state alum boo booey's mm-hmm. there his brother who was on his senior day and they lost that game on their senior day so it's gonna be a very mo- two very motivated teams very evenly matched i lean penn state because of the ability to shoot and just the confidence of just beating them they did not play great in evanston but found a way to win the game i think they'll play better and I do think, you know, Penn State's going to have a very favorable matchup to be able to knock off Northwestern. I think Northwestern will also regress to the mean a little bit in terms of their shooting <laughs> because they shot 41% from three-point range, and that's honestly unheard of for this Wildcats team. Uh, Barnheiser had a really good game, 34 minutes off the bench. That seems to be a key thing. If you're a sixth or a seventh man uh, and you're playing Penn State, you're probably going to score 20 to 30 points that night. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Northwestern will come back down to earth in that case. They, they are a really poor shooting team, and Northwestern is another type of team. They're big. They're physical. And if they get into a shootout, if they get into a run-and-gun type of matchup, they're a team that could be bounced from the tournament early. So Penn State fits into that mold. I think the I don't I don't think the crowd will bother them. I, I like a Penn State win here, uh, and I think the rest versus rust rust debate is real. That complacency for Northwestern. I, I'm going to go Penn State wins 72 to. I, I'm going to give them a sizable advantage here. I say 65. I think Penn State wins by a few scores here. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Penn State's going to find a way. I think they get up early and hold on, which is usually what you see with the teams who's playing their second day versus team playing their first day in a conference tournament. Then get up and just kind of hold on as maybe their legs start to go a little bit late. I like Penn State. I'm going to say around 71 to 62. I'll go a little bit wider here for Penn State. I just, I feel like this is a game where Penn State, favorable matchup. They could shoot the ball, get to the rim. So many things that can attack this Northwestern team. And they struggle with it the first time. And I think Penn State's going to play better in this game i don't think the crowd's going to be a huge problem for penn state i think illinois was going to have a larger fan base than northwestern will at this tournament so i do like penn state to find a way to get this win and move on to saturday and be playing in the semifinals locked on nittany lines before i let everyone go make sure you check out locked on college basketball everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus you get to hear from big name experts insiders players and coaches that is locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts if you're new to the channel subscribe to locked on nittany lions and help us get over 900 subscribers adam you do great work as always thanks again for your time working people keep up with your personal work as you cover this men's basketball team who is in fact dancing at Sheets Adam on Twitter, where we're going to get another week of Penn State men's basketball, hopefully in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Oh, hopefully he's out of the question. <laughs> we we got him. They, they are there. It's just a matter of where the committee's yep. putting them. So, uh, but with that being said, Adam, I always appreciate your time, your analysis, your insight. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode here. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.